Unbecoming of Age, the podcast. A cautionary tale. Listen to what they say, then do the opposite. Your hosts, Colin Flynn and John M. Craig. Thanks for listening to us. This is Unbecoming of Age, the podcast hosted by two guys that have never met in real life. I'm Colin Flynn. I live in Iowa, and I'd like to always welcome my co-host, Mr. John M. Craig. John lives just outside of New York City in New Jersey, and up until now, I thought he was the perfect host. Uh, Colin. Colin. Yeah. You there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, I just want to make sure. I'm so not. I'm so far from perfect, man. Am I whispering? What's going on here? I, You're like, whispering. I, I already You're yawned. Whispering. I'm whispering. I'm drinking a beer. I'm like going to have bodily functions going on. That's a normal thing, right? See, that is normal. So, yeah, you know, I, I thought, you know, this is this is perfect. I thought we, we call this thing unbecoming of age. And, uh, you know, we make reference to the fact that, you know, okay, this is, uh, you know, uh, this is in some some respect there's there's something here that's gone wrong we didn't want to put on airs we didn't want to act like we're these two uh you know totally collected cats that are going to be like you know telling you how to run your life and you know we're going to be the uh you know gary vaynerchuk of the world or anything like that we just wanted to know you sometimes things are a train wreck and i thought the train wreck thing was 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 perfect perfect and then we started the podcast and i don't know we were probably 30 episodes in something like that and then John just kind of out of the blue announces, I'm moving. I'm like, where are you going? And you say, I'm going to my wife, or ex-wife. I keep wanting to call your wife. <laughs> Ex-wife's pool house. I'm going to move into the pool house with my ex-wife. Yeah. That's, mm-hmm. that's And real. I thought, that's outstanding. That's, that's good show material. That's the, we have yeah, content. I, if, I, yeah. Here I am. It's very yes. boring. It's very boring. No, it's it's good stuff. And and I thought if we could just get this to go viral somehow, that would be great. And then today I found out there's a guy in, uh, it's actually not too far from you, uh, in New York somewhere, not New York City, but I think it's upstate New York somewhere, um, who's, uh, he's, he's longish hair, he's bearded. Uh, he's got glasses. Uh-huh. I know okay. this guy. I know. And, and uh, he's 30 years old. Yep. And living with his parents, and mm-hmm. they kind of, they had to kick him out at 30 years old. Mm-hmm. The, yep. The judge sided with the parents. Yeah. And so after <laughs> five written notices, the result, there were, there were all sorts of, of bad signs there. When I was looking through the, through the story, I thought, you got to know that there's an issue because the guy had a used fucking Passat. I mean, who buys a used fucking Passat? The, VW. What year? What I year? Didn't, didn't say what oh, year, but man. there are any used Volkswagen comes with a pre-soaked motherfucking Gremlin. There, there. You you cannot trust one. You look at it and you go, God damn, German engineering. That's going to be hot. That's going to be great. I guarantee the minute you get that thing home, it's going to break down. It's going to cost you a fucking bazillion dollars to fix that old ass Passat. But uh, yeah, he. Uh, Parents tried to reach out. They tried to do a lot for him. And, and uh, so what I'm thinking is maybe um, if we can't at least get him on the show, uh, well, I don't know. <laughs> How do you feel about an, another host? We, we could get him. <laughs> I'm fine. Third he, mic, man. Is that, he, You know what? Make me the third mic. I, that's impossible. <laughs> I talk way too much to be a third mic. 
<laughs> yeah, he's got he's got uh, he's got an, a, an audience already. So I thought if we could bring him on, we could use him, you know, for some uh, just some I don't know comedic uh, value, and and just the the listenership would would go would go up. Good, you go yeah, it would go nuts. So. You and I were just talking off mic, uh, and I hate it when we talked about the beer thing, uh, that uh, you know the pretentious beer snob uh, thing, the yuppie beer snob thing. But I, I do got to give uh, props to this beer. I've got a Sierra, Sierra Nevada, and it's called Otraves, which is a ghost style ale. I think you say G O S E ghost, gose, gose, ghost, mm-hmm. whatever the fuck it is. Uh, lime and agave, and it's uh, it's kind of, kind of a tart. Uh, thing going on not quite sour but it's it's good I it's, yeah kind of a light it's flavorful it's flavorful it's a flavorful summer beer and you said you were uh, on what were you drinking oh I, i'm drinking a guinness i'm drinking a uh, 22 ounce bottle of guinness the stout just traditional guinness just traditional Guinness, yes. Although, the, yeah, there is a there is a like blonde ale Guinness yes. or something like that that I just came across. I'm like, oh, why would I do that? Yeah, I so I came into my into my studio here, and I've got uh, I've got a lot of beer stored. I, I, I collect. I guess that mm-hmm. sounds really stupid, uh, but I I've kind of got a beer collection going, and so. Uh, my, I've got a very kind-hearted neighbor across the street, uh, Scott, that uh, is uh, kind of a master brewer, and uh, he does some some great beers, and uh, he, you know he gives me a lot of them, and uh, so I've got some of those stowed. Well, um, I walked into the into the room here, and it just God, I had this like, what is that smell? I got this sour, weird smell, and I you know I started looking around by this cabinet where I've got a bunch of beer in, and. Uh, I opened up the door and I realized uh, one of the beers uh, had exploded. One of his home brews, mm. which is in a bottle. Mm-hmm. It had, yeah, it had, and it didn't just pop the top off. It blew the, right out the sides and everything. Oh. And so, yeah, it's just that. If, do you ever go in a bar, like, uh, uh, the in the morning? morning. Yeah, the next yeah, yeah, morning. Yeah. I yeah. know. I know exactly. Yep, I, I can smell it right now. It's like it's just that dank. Yeah, it's like, like like a shitty rock club has that. Yeah, or like you, a place that's open real late and they don't get a chance to clean it. Yes, yeah, exactly. I, I know that smell. Be, I know that before the they whole come in. feeling. You walk in, it's like it's worse than humidity. It's yeah, just, it's like a whole yeah pee and it's got kind of a yeah. vomit thing and uh-huh. dry car noir and uh-huh. broken promises. Yeah. As a matter of fact, lot, yeah. Every time there's a place that uh, it's called Avalon Hollywood in um, it's across the street from Capitol Records building in uh, in L.A. And uh, I've done a couple of events there and it's open until stupid late at night on like a like a Saturday night. We would be in there on a Sunday or a Monday for the venue and you'd walk in there while they were cleaning up because, you know, the place was open until like four or five in the morning or whatever. That's that that. Ugh. It takes a while to get rid of it. I don't like it. But that's what it smelled like? That's what it smelled like. Now, I, I've uh, done it. I got the uh, Mrs. Mrs. Myers cleaning products out, and I uh, used uh, some basil, something rather, some uh, all-around uh, just general-purpose spray on the, all over, and I cleaned it all out. And got it. I think I got it taken care of, but... Uh, you know, it's not pleasant, but uh, you got to do what you got to do. So I was looking at the rest of his. I got like twelve other beers of his, and I'm like, God, do I, you know, do I, do I put those back down there? Are they going to explode? I'm a little worried about the about the whole thing. But Wait, what does he put it in? He bottles. He goes into regular bottles. He's got you know with the standard. It looks like a standard bottle of beer. He's got he's got mm-hmm. a machine thing that he, he you know can 
pump it out in somehow. I've never really watched him do it, but he's got a regular bottler over there somehow. He's the guy's. He's got an insane amount of beer. I've got kind of a stupid amount of beer, but his amount that he's got is is freaking insane. It's just you know, it's dumb. Is it any good? Well, yeah. I mean, he buys a lot of beer, so I mean, he's got a lot of great stuff that way. But uh, mm-hmm. he is, like I said, he's he's really uh, he brews well enough that I think that he could absolutely uh, do it professionally. Uh, he and his brother both are really talented. They both though have pretty decent jobs, and they're like, eh, do I want to? Okay. You know, you'd have to make a jump to do that. All right. Are they more likely? to actually make money selling their beer or are we more likely to one day make money recording this podcast <laughs> what do you think <laughs> okay listen that it's going to be challenging for you to look at them both just weigh it is their beer well, better than our podcast not and you know what i'm saying like relatively let's make a scale where are we where are we tipping here I would say this to Scott's face, so um, it's not <laughs> yeah. me telling secrets, but he is about three bills. Uh, he's he's uh, he's bellied up to the to the uh, to the trough a lot. <laughs> and he's um, he smokes and he, he drinks, and so I'm saying we're going to be okay with. I think we'd come out on top because I'm not sure how long for the world he is. <laughs> if I saw yeah. him out in the yard, you know, laying down, um, I'd be go over there checking, you know, see what's going on. And it could. <laughs> And it wouldn't you, surprise you ever check me. for a pulse or yeah. put a mirror up against his. Yeah. Like, it wouldn't like, would not yeah. surprise me if uh, is he if a he, yeah. big big fella. Yeah, three hundred pounds ish. I said yeah, there's like three, yeah three, and he's right. probably five ten, three hundred ish, something like that. Wow. wow. Yeah, I got all stomach kind of thing going on, but uh, yeah. yeah, yikes. Yikes! So uh, yeah, we've got a better chance. We got a better shot. We do so. <laughs> just of survival. You're saying. <laughs> just of survival. And then I also uh, our the family. Our my family has kind of gone into. Uh, uh, we've we've gone vegetarian this week. Uh, just it wasn't this, a, this week. This week. This week. It wasn't a planned thing. I'm not sure whether I could say vegan yet. Uh, it wasn't a planned thing. It just came on very suddenly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the way that worked is, uh, I actually had made uh, these little. They're kind of they're not great steaks, but I had these little. Uh, uh, I can, I'm not sure what what cut it was, but the, the, anyway, they're they're thinnish and, and not that great. But we're gonna have a little bit of steak and some various this and that. And uh, sat down to dinner with the girls, and uh, Tori wasn't eating at all. She was just uh, kind of like pushing this piece of steak around and everything. And finally, I was like, Hey, what's up? Because usually she likes steak. Steak's one thing that. Uh, that uh, she's good for, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, she looked at it and she said, uh, "We uh, and today in biology we uh, dissected a pig, and uh, this just looks like the dissected pig." <laughs> wow! So it's mm-hmm. like, yeah. Now, now all bets are off for meat for a while until she decides. Well, at least maybe we'll fool her somehow. I don't know. We'll do some gateway something. I don't know, bacon. Even even though it's Memorial Day weekend coming up, yeah. Remember the guy that accused you of yawning? <laughs> yeah, of yawning. I don't care. They, look, it's a perfect, perfect, yawning. perfect co-host. Perfect <laughs> yawning. How was it? All right. Uh, yeah, I just hit a wall. Uh, yeah. So Memorial Day weekend, uh, you have big plans. I mean, don't you don't you barbecue? Don't you do all that jazz? I mean, you're you know, uh, we will do some of that. I just got done grilling. Uh, not, I wouldn't say it was grilling or barbecuing. Uh, but I, uh, we have a big, uh, uh, it's like a cauldron. It's a, uh, what do you call this? It's a Dutch oven is what it's called. And so mm-hmm. uh, on um, one of my charcoal drills, uh, drills, charcoal 
grills. That's hard for mm-hmm. me to say. Yeah. Okay, so um, I can uh, fire up a bunch of charcoal, and then um, in, in this uh, cauldron thing, the Dutch oven, we chop up a whole bunch of uh, various vegetables, but, uh, you know, some potatoes and onions and mushrooms and whatever, carrots and some uh, peppers, really whatever you have on hand, and then douse the crap out of that with uh, olive oil and balsamic vinegar. Mm-hmm. You get the pan real hot and then dump the vegetables in when the pan is like really quite going, you know, it's it's almost red hot type of thing. Dump them in there, cover it up, and you let that cook for about a half an hour. Wow, it is so good. It was it's really good. So we just actually just partook of that. But over the weekend, I you know, like I said, there, there's probably some kind of, uh, I'm thinking it's bacon, even though, you know, that is pig. I'm thinking if you know, there's some kind of a bacon event, she's probably just gonna, you know, she'll cave. She's gonna she'll, cave, cave, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah I, 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 I have no interest in caving. I really, it's not. I don't. I, I can't remember the last time. Oh, I had sushi. I did have sushi, but I mean, I, I've been eating fish. I just don't eat meat, chicken. Yeah. Not even chicken. Not chicken. Not turkey. Nothing. It's been. I don't know. I'd say January may have been the last time I had chicken. Well, you're the first person, uh, the listeners here, the first people to hear me tell my my vegetarian story, and I, I probably won't anymore. <laughs> no, it's just, it, it's it's just a one week, man. I don't, you know, it's like three days. <laughs> it's, yeah, like, it, it's like three days. If if I uh, yeah, if I walk by and there's uh, somebody's eating Mongolian beef, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be in it face first, like a fucking zombie. I don't I don't even like the smell of it. You know, like the smell of Mongolian beef. No, no, mm-hmm. Mongolians, not beef. Oh. I'm talking about the people. <laughs> when was the last time you saw a Mongolian? I mean, if you saw him, I'd be like, oh, dude, you Mongolian? I would have to see that mustache, you know? Uh, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Aren't we yeah. all descended from, from the Mongols somehow? Uh, I don't know. Genghis, <laughs> just, Genghis Khan? Genghis, Genghis Khan, yeah. Yeah, he's. I, they said if they do, if you do genealogy, uh, it's probably in Asia or Europe that, seriously, that, like, uh, there's a fairly high percentage of people that are descended from him because mm-hmm. uh, they virtually pillaged and raped their way all you know all the way across the world uh, and uh, yeah he oh, he basically uh, sowed his wild seed a lot in in his uh, his pillaging that he did so yeah oh, a bunch fuck. of them. my forefather's an asshole oh, <laughs> dick <laughs> I don't think I've got. I, I would like to get the genealogy thing done, even though I'm pretty sure where most of it, it you know, has come from. But I'm just I kind of got. I kind of got some hope that there'll be something weird in there. That, that you know, like that. Like Me you too. know, when they say you want something crazy. Yeah, you're a tenth Mongol, you know, and then uh, I, I don't know how that. How would that change your life? How would and I'm not sure what exactly. Depends. <sighs> depends on what ethnicity it is. I mean, if it were, if I were in the least bit brown. Anyway, that's all I would talk about on the podcast. I would change my perspective on anything. It would just be like, no, I would just talk about anything and everything. I would say the most fucked up shit. And I'd be like, you know, I'm like one 128th um, fucking Congoan. (laughs) I don't think it's Congoan, by the way. I don't think so. There is a Congo. I'm from the Congo. There is a Congo. I'm from Chad. (laughs) I've got a white dude's name. Chat. Niger is where we used to be. I, I, they change the names on countries in Africa so much that you never really know. You know you'll say something and then they'll go, "Oh no, that's uh, that's changing its name to whatever." And so it's hard to keep up with. There's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of ground there, a lot of territory. There's a lot of shit going on. I had I, I had my world rocked kind of this week. It was it's uh, I've had bad dreams. 
you, you told you told me about the bad dreams. Yeah, for real though. I mean, I I, I read yes. what you wrote me. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. real. So, um, just okay. So I don't even know exactly how I uh, backed into this. I was on some kind of a wormhole sort of thing. Uh, I think I'd actually gotten onto Facebook somehow and I uh, bumped into somebody I used to work with, mm-hmm. and then I looked at somebody that they were friends with, and then blah blah blah, and you you know. 48 clicks later, I'm on YouTube, and there's a video from mm-hmm. 1990, KFMQ radio station where I worked, and it was uh, just uh, this, okay, and I, it was it was strange because a lot of it, um, I, I should have remembered, and I got I have vague parts of it that I do remember, because we had this uh, person at the radio station that walked around, she had, uh, I believe, one of those big giant VHS camcorders that look like you know, if you see one, you'd think it was TV news coming your way. Those those enormous uh, things. That was 1990. Yeah, wouldn't that have been in vogue then? So, so, well, did wait? Was it? Um, did it have a separate rig for the uh, for the tape? Or was it one that was all self-contained? I, I, I don't even really remember what she what she shot it with. All right, well, I, I don't, yeah, I, I'll try to I'll try to take a picture of of my camcorder circa 1989 which is a Panasonic that I still have it doesn't work I gotta get the batteries to work but I'll take a picture and uh, send it to you and you you let me know if it's similar because the quality it almost looked like an app that makes it look like bad late 80s early 90s VHS camcorder shit that's how ridiculous it was because you you sent me the link and I watched seven minutes of it and I would (laughs) have watched the entire 23 24 minutes because it was shot in a way more than like eight millimeter home movies but it was just these little snippets of her fucking harassing everyone that was anywhere that week or whatever period of time she shot yeah yeah and there used to be a now radio obviously has changed a lot and this area is back in the the days of your uh as in your fucking old if you remember this um but there used to be a lot of people that worked at a radio station, and the, that particular radio station itself at the time was was pretty plush. We had uh, good ratings and uh, had a lot going on. What and, town? Uh, Lincoln, Nebraska. And okay. uh, so there was probably, we probably had like uh, 15 on-air people, wow. if you counted all the weekend, you know, part-time people. And uh, you know, we had a couple interns. Uh, we, there was like six or seven salespeople, and then all the you know office and sports staff, and, uh, all of that kind of stuff. What were you doing? Were you you were primarily on air? Yeah, and I was program director as well. And you were program director? Yes. So with the hierarchy at a radio station, do you have the general manager? Well, you have the station owner or company that owns it, right? And then what do you have? The general manager. General manager, which uh, then reporting to the general manager would be the sales manager, and then uh, that's for the you know sales side of thing, and then the program director mm-hmm. on, on the for the rest of it basically. And and now so, uh, what do you know where you were on the dial? I know this is not where you're going with this, but do you know where you were on the dial? Uh, well, it was Q one hundred two. It was actually one hundred two point nine, I believe, is what the frequency was. And were you a rock station? We were definitely a rock station. If you go through and listen to the uh, to the music we were playing, which is really if in the if you go into the video, it's really uh, evident what uh, what the format is. Yeah, kind of a you know what you, you listen to it now, it sounds like classic rock, but it's uh, mm-hmm. we were, it was the rock of the day then, you know. So 
Like what, Stone Temple Pilots? Uh, that would have been um, just starting to, you know. Oh, just no, it was a little bit earlier. It was yeah, 1990, was, so it yeah. was sort of cusp. It was sort of that transition from uh, sort of the metal grunt to grunge. There were a few in-betweens. Kind yeah, of exactly. Bridging or, the gap. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jane's Addiction. Uh, I, I remember being at that station. Um, well, I'm trying to remember if it was Red Hot Chili Peppers or... Uh, Trying to remember these other dudes that uh, God, I can never remember the name of that band. The guy had the big goofy glasses, for, um, and uh, it was kind of a rap song. Why can't I remember the name of it? But anyway, it'll come to me. But anyway, the first time we played stuff that was didn't sound like typical rock music. You know, the Red Hot Chili Peppers is probably a most recognizable ex- example. Right. People were pissed. They were just pissed when they you know, on the uh, were calling into the station. It's like, get this shit off of here. This fucking sucks. You know. Did did that bring you joy when you heard those calls? Yeah. I, I mean, now in my life, that would bring me so much joy when people got bent out of shape about that shit. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. No. We. Yeah. It'd be amusing. Uh, just like <laughs> fuck you. Yeah. When you. Uh, <sighs> The phones would ring constantly, so you'd have like six six phone lines, and a lot of times all six were lit up. I mean, even if you weren't doing a contest, it was just people looked at uh, calling the guy or the person on the radio in a weird way. They thought you were the fucking internet. They would call you with these weird questions, you know, and, and mm-hmm. think somehow you could answer, you know, right? The, yeah. You know, who won the '62 Super Bowl? It's like fuck, I don't know. I'll go to the library, look it up, <laughs> right? You know, which is your only other option. Um, but you got very jaded, uh, you know. You you yeah, okay. There's there's lots of good people that called up, but you know there were a lot of just fucking you know dorks too. So you you a lot of times well, you just I, you let the phones just ring. A lot of times you didn't even answer them, so you just kind of got there's a, there's a lot of fucking lonely people too that call radio stations quite a bit. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I had this woman that used to call me like every day, and she was like, uh, you know, she would tr- try to invite me to come over. You know, can you come over for supper sometime? And <laughs> <laughs> so, I assume you were married to your first wife at that time. I'm doing math. In my yes, head. I was. Yes, I, I saw was. a wedding band on your when you were at. So you were at. So I watched up until the point where you were at some. You were um, broadcasting live from a local business. Now I don't know what the business was. I don't know if it was a coffee shop, a restaurant. I don't remember a bookstore. Whatever it was. You were live. You had, I think it was a Miller Lite branded jacket, maybe for the station, because I think yeah. your general manager had the same fucking one. Yes. And and I'll tell you, with the exception of, from what I saw, again, in the seven minutes, with the exception of the DJ that had, like, the fucking Adam Curry MTV hair, well, actually it was even more hardcore than that, where it was sort of like that, like... A feathered rocker mullet where it's sort of a little bit shorter on top but longer it almost looks like the heavy metal rocker wig that they'd make now or like the or steel yes. steel panther the mock heavy metal band that plays <laughs> right that's exactly what it looked like and he was like a good looking dude and he had he had the radio voice right it didn't even match even though he's a good looking guy it didn't even match what he looked like it was <laughs> bizarre i'm like look at that guy you know and and then every other fucking guy had that fucking like like you had said it reminds you of Seinfeld that Seinfeld hair where it like I would just assume even though you weren't wearing turtlenecks that everyone had like a mock turtleneck or a turtleneck <laughs> and they had like it was sort of the corporate mullet it yes. was like the sales guy mullet like yeah. yours wasn't even that bad compared to those two sales dudes and that sales <laughs> dude the, the, there was a sales dude I think his name was Greg and he had glasses on he had those like wireframe glasses that looked like George. They turned 
George, okay. So he he did a thing where he made a joke about being a lady, and then he did a thing where he actually like gestured to his crotch. <laughs> it, like it was so bizarre. I was like, oh my god, that's a Me Too movement, and it's oh, on yeah. video. Oh <laughs> yeah, there's like, so much that, in there. The dude, I think as a matter of fact, I, there was one moment where he made. I think it was him. But I thought it was you because it was like it was so at that point in the video. It was like it was like flickering. The, the tracking was off. I'm like, it really looked. It was perfect, but it was real. But it, it really captured that bizarro time. Yeah, you, there's there's a couple yeah. spots in there where uh, okay, things I found weird was uh, there were uh, women wearing pantyhose and they're making fun of their pantyhose of the runs in their pantyhose. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so that, that's weird to see in today's world. Um, there's one spot in there where three or four of the of the uh, salespeople uh, just pulls they pull out a pack of cigarettes and start you know handing out smokes and then everybody's lighting <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. up and inside right. <laughs> and I was yeah. like and, I, yeah. yeah so just yeah, weird your, shit your voice your voice sounded higher I don't necessarily think it is or was but it's like it kind of sounded higher like it sounds deeper now yeah who knows I don't know I don't know it was just I mean you were obviously a lot younger and. It was uh, clearly a different time. Um, the And the general manager honestly looked like if you made a TV show, a period television show about a radio station in the in the 90s, yes. the early 90s, everyone looked exactly like they would have looked. <laughs> you know what I mean? like, oh, yeah. Like, he, yeah. Roger, Roger Gelder. And we there's references throughout the tape uh, about Zippy. And that's, we called him Zippy, the, Zippy the Pinhead after the... Uh, cartoon thing so yeah it was so how did this lead to nightmares or bad okay. dreams or a bizarro like trip down memory lane all right everybody that's worked in 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 radio uh at some time or another coke? well no um <laughs> no everybody has this and you talk to them and they've everybody describes this dream that they have this this dream where they're you're um you're working and uh, you're trying to get into the studio. There's always something related to the everything stops at you know that you're supposed to be doing. You're supposed to be keeping the music going. You're supposed to be keeping everything rolling. And there were no computers back then to keep everything yeah. rolling. You had to just do it yeah. yourself. So um, you know if you went down the bathroom and stayed too long, you know the record was going to stop or the you know right. the CD was going to jump to another track or some something like that. And, and uh, so you uh, you. You know, not that it was that much pressure, really, but um, it, it was a weird psychological thing to where you'd have these these uh, these dreams of you know all these whatever things. It was usually getting locked out of the studio type thing for me, and so um, it's been a long time. I mean, that's from 1990. That's 28 fucking years ago. Uh, you know, I'm not saying I haven't had the dream uh, since then because uh, I worked in radio after that, but uh, I I had been far enough removed away from from the whole thing that uh, it had gone away. I, I don't remember any time recently having any kind of uh, angst over working at a radio station on the air. I worked at radio stations in sales uh, for quite a while after that, but and I probably had different scary dreams, but uh, I didn't, can't really tell you what those were, but. Uh, it uh, it just rekindled all that stuff. There's just so much, and that was just so weird because there were people in there that I absolutely remembered, and uh, she, like you said, she went around, she kind of harassed everybody. There were a few people that I was going, I don't know really who the fuck that is, and I should know, and I was like trying to rack my brain sometimes, you know, if you work with people, and 
you know, I was there for for years. You know, like I don't know, three three years, I guess, something like that. Um, I don't know. It uh, it was just it just was a weird experience. It's like if you, uh, I don't know, if somebody just rolls a tape back of a, a day or two in your life from a long time ago that you had completely fucking forgot about it's just and i and i had no uh, yeah. it was like you know nobody's saying hey this is going to be this is what's i just saw the saw the title and i thought I wonder what this is and i click on it and i'm like what the fuck yeah <laughs> this is yeah it's strange i you know in and even if i didn't know you in any way i could have watched that entire 23 minutes because you you go back and you're like Okay, what's going on here? Like you, you said, there were no computers. And like at one point in the first few minutes before I, I got, I got, I gathered um, that the guy was the general manager, but not the first time I saw him. Like he's in like what appears to be a relatively small closet office on a like, you know, IBM Selectric yes. typewriter, right? Like a big. It was a modern typewriter, right? Yeah. And right. I'm pretty sure that IBM made that, if not that model, something similar to it. Yep. Yeah. And. And he's typing, and he's just being like, basically, like, why don't you get to work, right? Like he said, some, some, whatever he said, but he had that look, like he was, a, he wasn't fat by today's standards, but he was fat by those standards. Like he was really fat back then, and maybe, maybe he was sixty pounds overweight, right? Right. So like, yeah, maybe he was exactly. more than that. Maybe he was bigger than that. But but he he had the he had the glasses. He had the most conservative hair style haircut and it wasn't even that cr- you know what I mean like he but he didn't have anything close to a mullet and he's typing and you're like what's that guy but then it turns out oh he, that's the general manager and I think he was wearing the same like Miller I guess he had a lot of swag back then with like sponsorship with that oh Miller there was light, there yeah. was yeah and those things yeah. if you looked at if there's a spot for just a second I, I was like where the fuck I don't know I gave it away probably that coat but uh, the back of it was like embroidered it wasn't screen printed it was embroidered there's a big station logo on the back of it and, a, and mm-hmm. you know a bunch of stuff so you know they spent some money back then and the gm guy yeah he, he was great his name's roger gallery is a really great guy anywhere i think he's still working in radio in montana uh his uh his son uh would be uh, just his son was probably about your age actually on uh, uh, david and right. uh david would get, i was i worked the afternoon shift and david would get off school uh he was going to like high school and uh he would high school is fairly close to where, where the station was uh, i right. guess because he would show up and uh he would just come in the studio and he'd sit in the studio and he, he would sit in there and uh like i said no internet so people would go in there and, and read the paper the paper was usually in there but he just kind of wanted to hang around and uh you know whatever watch and so uh after he'd done that for a while i just i thought i'm i'm putting him on the air so um i used to have this segment where i called him young david the troubled teen and i would have these just <laughs> off the cuff weird conversations with young david the troubled teen <laughs> and it was kind of like talking to cameron now that i think about it right. <laughs> it's the same type of dialogue you get out of him you know the short you know kind of smart ass right. you know um occasionally you know he throws you a big gem but you know it was it was bizarre so yeah i talked to him every day on the air and uh, his dad got on the air so i don't know uh-huh. but that's you so, know with so, all, all those people it was there was a lot of a lot of overlap i guess did you have did you have that kind of freedom yeah when you, you were, were talking about director you know okay so, so the okay the, the computers were just uh just starting to happen and so we had uh 
we had a program that we used for music, which is called Selector, and they, there's still some version of that software that uh, radio stations are using now. Uh, and uh, so we had it. Yeah, there, there was a playlist, and uh, people uh, were supposed to stick to it, uh, but nobody. They did. I would say. Um, 90% of the time they stuck to it, but um, I knew everybody that worked for me was at some point was going to play whatever the fuck they wanted to, and, and they knew I wasn't going to do anything about it. <laughs> it was not uh, anything that strict. And the guy that you were talking about, Mr. Perfect Mullet Guy, the, the guy with the uh, perfect rock and roller hair, right? Um, he, he was going to play whatever the fuck he, he, he wanted to. He, he, had, he had good uh, good taste. He, he knew uh, when things were, were right, but yeah. And the idea that, uh, which, uh, what was cool, I mean, is, uh, okay, so we always overlapped. If, if there was somebody coming on the air, if like you did afternoons, the nighttime jock would uh, come in for like, f- sit in the studio about 15 minutes before, and when you did the last break, you would talk back and forth with each other, and there'd be, there was a lot more continuity that way, and it wasn't so fucking canned and plastic the way things sound now. So, you know, everybody, everybody that was on the air talked about, everybody else that was on the air it's you know you, you made sure that you you mentioned something about even the overnight guy um we, we you know you mentioned something that tom was up to or blah 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 you know we, we were, there was a lot of back and forth with that so it was cool and the other thing i thought when i was watching that is we had no way of knowing that that was the end i mean that was really the the, the uh last couple years before the whole th- thing hit the fan before you know, the radio kind of just completely went to shit <laughs> and when i say went to shit i mean uh from an on, from an on-air from a uh, personality or the people that are working there standpoint uh the on-air people because that's when the computer stuff took over that's when all this all the syndicated bob and toms and blah 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 these different um you know different shows came out and so uh and the the uh companies that ran radio at that time that's when they just decided okay let's we we don't they, they had no zero zilch um investment in keeping anybody you know they only had it as their responsibility to keep anybody employed you know even if they'd been working there there was probably people that did more working uh you know at that station for you know 10 15 years that uh, they just all at once just click a finger and go all right we don't need you so mm-hmm. just the just the way it was well, yeah no, when you when you uh, sent me that email saying uh, that there were like fourteen or fifteen on air talent, it blew my mind. Like honestly, I was like, "What? What the? F- how is that even possible?" Right? I was like trying to think of the schedule. Like I could figure a few part time DJs here and there, but yeah, but I, in my mind, I'm thinking like, "All right, maybe you have like four or five personalities," but that seemed like a lot of people. So you'd have uh, an overnight person, two in the morning, one in the afternoon, one midday, one at night. So there's six. And then uh, on the weekends, you would have a bunch on the weekends. And then you also had to plan on the weekends um, that uh, the the full-time people, a lot of times on the weekend, had remotes. And so when they were out doing a live remote, there had to be somebody back at the station uh, running the board. So that was, uh, you know, time where two people had to be working. And then... 
the other thing with part-time people is, uh, you know, they're part-time. They, they, had, uh, they had lives, and so a lot of times, you know, they weren't going to be available to work every weekend kind of thing. And so we gave them that flexibility to, uh, you know, we'd kind of uh, a schedule where if they said, I, I need next weekend off, or, you know, there were some students and stuff like that. I've got a, you know, a test to take or whatever. That was cool. We'd work that out. So, uh, yeah, it turned into a lot of people. And, uh, yeah, it was nuts. I, I learned a lot there about... <laughs> Uh, I learned a lot about uh, being a program director there. It was uh, just the personalities, even the people. And uh, it was the strangest thing to me was uh, when you're in a situation as a, a manager, uh, when somebody would come to me and they would complain about somebody else, not about what how it affected them necessarily. Um, it's like so-and-so's getting away with something that, um, I, you know, I, I, I'm not. One of those kind of things. Or it was, it was always, you know, there was a lot of this um, stabbing somebody in the back kind of thing that people would try to do. Right. Uh, and, a lot of throwing other people under the bus. Yes, yeah. And, you know, it's like, and I, you know, just, uh, it, I didn't react to that probably very well when I started off, and then uh, I got pretty good at, at dealing with it, which is basically... Um, nodding my head and saying okay all right thanks <laughs> mm-hmm. and just not giving him an answer as to what you know I, I, first when i started you know th- there was things where i felt like i needed to give people an answer but uh no you don't always have to do that but uh now did, did when you wa- when you watched did you you watched did you watch the entire video i did yeah and had you watched it before many years ago <laughs> I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think I even really knew that she put it together. I vaguely, vaguely, vaguely remember. There's one spot in there where, she, um, towards the end, where I'm I'm talking and uh, um, I said something to her about um, answering the phones and uh, this she the person who, who Suzette the person that um, that was was taping it she. Uh, she actually still works doing voiceover still today. She's doing mm-hmm. voiceover, uh, and uh, so she did. You know, she she did uh, you know that type of stuff. She didn't really have an on-air shift, but she did production. She did uh, right. commercials and things sure. like that. Um, but they also put her out on uh, on phones a lot, and we called her uh, on the air. We used to tell people come in and talk to if you need to come in and get your mm-hmm. prize for blah blah blah. Come right. in and talk to Suzette the phone fox. She's at the, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the phone fox. <laughs> Suzette the phone fox. Yeah. Oh God. Uh, yeah, I know. Uh-huh. Yeah, just yeah. 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 No, it's just just me too. Um, yeah. So <laughs> that's yeah. And I and I said something about her uh-huh. being on the phone or something like that, and yeah. uh, she's like phone, and I'm like okay, well you know I uh-huh. vaguely remember that it was like it was and it was it was like okay it's 20 years ago and I never thought about that moment ever since and then all of a sudden it happens right. and I'm like eh, okay the rest of it though is like a lot of it's really like vapor I know nothing 20 28 years ago. Yes. You said roughly four, including yourself as the program director and on-air talent, you said like 14 to 15, right, on-air yeah. DJs. Yeah, probably. How many of those DJs were women? Uh, we had, uh, there were a few. Um, not in the, um, I'm trying to think if there were any, yeah, there was a few. Uh, there was uh well, two for sure, and I think I'm trying to remember part time what we might have had. Um, two for sure. That's all I can say. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was more dudes yeah, than yeah. yeah than there were. Generally, there was this un 
unspoken uh, sort of uh, expectation at a you know that it, you're going to have a morning show. Um, if you could, it would be a male female morning show, um, right. and if you could, the midday person would be female. If it worked right. out that way, right. that was just kind right. of the way everybody demographics to do it. more than anything else, probably. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, it was weird. Weird blast from the past, which uh, now if you, when, when uh, other than other than the sort of the radio station, did, did watching that video throw you back in your head, throw you back to anything else in your life that you just it just sort of kind of flashed into your mind? Well. <laughs> I'd forgotten about the mullet, the mullet thing. You know, talk sure, about. sure. But there's, uh, there's a, uh, there's this thing at the very towards the very end where I, I have a, uh, I've got this uh, overcoat on and I, a suit. We're going to this party thing, and uh, I was looking at that overcoat, going, I forgot all about that thing. I was like, I wish I had that overcoat. Yeah. <laughs> what uh, was, what, what, it, uh, at what point was that? Uh, it's towards the end, it, it, but it's, what, it's what minute? I want to see it. I want to. I want to look at it now. I can't tell you, but it's it's very. The whole thing is very Jerry Seinfeld looking. All of the you know, there's so much there mm-hmm. about about what everybody was wearing. I just that's you know that's where we went. And I'm not sure. Uh, I know. I, I kind of remember when did Seinfeld start? I, I remember watching Seinfeld. Seinfeld started in 19. 19- I believe it was 1989. The very first season, it was called the Seinfeld Chronicles. Had a yes. lot more of him in the club. It almost always had the stand-up comedy, but it was a very different show, and uh, and it, it it was not going to get renewed. And then it became a very different show in its second season. But yes, I believe I'm fairly confident it was that year, like 1989. Okay. Yeah, and I and I'm pretty sure I was an early adopter of that. I remember. Uh, I remember when it got popular, thinking I was watching that, you know, for you know, long time before the rest of the world became aware of it. But and that's may, might explain the the whole hairstyle thing. That was, although everybody had it, and they couldn't have all been watching. It was just you know, it's what was in vogue. Uh, I'm looking. I'm I'm looking at it now. I'm scan. I'm scanning through. Oh, I didn't see this guy. This guy that had the long hair and he's balding. Yeah, that's Who's uh, this dude. That's he's a, got a he's got a mullet, but he's but he's got a receding hairline. Yeah, and he's I'm gonna put him at about t- maybe 24 to 26, but he probably might be younger. He's uh, still working in radio. He is yeah. still in Lincoln, Nebraska. He is uh, is on air. Th- uh, name is John the Animal Terry. <laughs> the animal. The animal John Terry. Now, how about this lady? There is a lady that has, <laughs> she's got a button-down shirt with a collar. She's got a blue sweatshirt on. Like, it's not even a sweater. It's like a sweatshirt. And she's got short hair. She looks kind of androgynous. Like, she looks like Pat. You remember Pat? Like, yeah, uh, yeah. From Julia Sweeney from Saturday Night Live. Where yeah. It was like nobody knew if Pat was a man or a woman. She kind of has that look. Yeah. Um, I, I can't remember her name, but, but I know. Like, what I did know. she do? You she know? was in sales. She, she, she was uh, in sales. Okay. Yeah. Oh, there's. Oh, wow. Look at you on air with a button-down striped shirt, a tie, and I'm thinking, and it's like a wool overcoat. Like, where? Very perplexed. Why are you in front of a microphone dressed that way? Uh, I, I'm pretty sure that I had walked in to, to record some kind of a, uh, uh-huh. a uh, greeting to uh, to Roger. It was it was his birthday, and it was I, I believe, and it was also his. He must have a birthday around Christmas, and 
there's I had some guy that was a regular caller that um, I got to involved with it, and so um, I, I was kind of I, that might have been a production studio that, instead uh, of an on-air studio. The place you, you, was a palace. We had a lot you, of a lot of gear. You you almost look like um, it's like like a, a regional catalog male model in this place <laughs> right here. Like it's like, it's very bizarre. It's very like, like, regional. You're like the regional Van Usen guy. I don't for, even know what Van Usen is. The region would have been Northeast Lincoln, Nebraska. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, wow, that's good. That, but the hair was a little bit more refined on that night. Like you, you were able to in, in the back that little you know Seinfeld curl that you have in the back that you can see from behind the ears is not nearly uh. as curly. <laughs> now I would hope that you're going to tweet this out, right? Yeah, I probably. Yeah, you it's, I think it's important. Yeah, it's <laughs> it was bizarre. I tell you, you now who who's Tim Tim Bork, the guy Tim that Burke. posted this? Burke, Bork, Tim yeah. Bork. Oh, he's the one that posted it. Okay, B O U R K E. Yeah, um, yeah. Tim Burke. And he uh, he was a part time guy that uh, you know. Uh, I got to be honest. I don't think Tim Burke really liked me much. <laughs> you don't think he did? No, not really. Um, we uh, okay so and because uh, when I uh, took over as program director at the station, there were a few people that worked there. Or not a few. There was a couple of people that worked there on the air that um, we kind of changed some things around, and they were uh, they didn't get it, and they also thought that they had been around there for long enough that um, that they were uh, sacred cows, and that they you know and sure. I g- gave them. Uh, I thought ample opportunity to come around to our way of thinking and uh, and do some things a little differently, and they were they were being dicks. And so um, I fired two people that were friends of his, and uh, it took him a long time to uh, warm up. If if uh, if he ever did, I'm not sure, but uh, hmm. the, everybody else kind of we we made it work. We made it happen. <laughs> Now I want to go back to some old like VHS tape from that uh, era and uh, and put together a little something because I'm, I'm t- I I watched that like it, it was such uh, it it brought me back to that time even though I didn't know any of you guys and did, you know I didn't work in radio I mean I was in college radio for half a minute and was around but it, it, like it's you forget how long ago that is and how dated everything is until you watch it. Right, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, like I don't think back to 1990 and go like, "Oh my God, the styles were so different." Because it was like the 80s were the 80s, and then all of a sudden 90. I think I don't know. It just was the, uh, the most fascinating thing about the first five six minutes was the office stuff. Yeah, like what was on someone's desk, what the desks looked like. I mean, and also the uh, quality of of a VHS camcorder back then was so poor. Yes, the colors, everything about it—it's just like oh. God. And you see, there, there's there's a guy on there that's a—he's our uh, production director, a guy named Bob Qualley, um, really nice guy. But anyway, he uh, there's a couple scenes in there where his office and there's these rows and rows and rows of boxes on shelves, and those those boxes all have uh, tape, you know, reels of tape on them with commercials on them, because that's the only way you could store commercials back then, is they were all. Right on a short reel, a little reel, and you'd put it up on the shelf and they'd label it. And if somebody came in, you know, a salesperson said, I want to run a commercial that ran uh, two years ago, uh, and they had the name of it, and they, Bob would go down the, sh- you know, down the row and he'd find it and pull it out. Right. And, and 
it was just such a crazy laborious pro you know process or a way of doing things and so if a lot of times one radio station would record a commercial which we called spots so they, they'd record a spot for uh, let's say a car dealership and then um, all the other card or all the other stations in the market a lot of them anyway would be in on part of the buy too and so the car dealer would say um, we're just going to use the production from KFMQ and so mm-hmm. in order to get the production out to the other radio stations somebody had to physically drive around town to all these other places and drop off tapes and wow so, and so just the stupid shit that you had to do was <laughs> so do you have do you uh i don't know how much time you spent on the air but do you have any of your air checks or much recording or uh, you know of that time i do i've got you know i've got a bunch of stuff on reel to reel and i don't you have do? a yeah i don't have a reel to reel machine so so it's do you, when you were doing, um, were you using carts like to to for like promo spots, and were you like like bulk erasing that shit and reusing them? Yes, yeah, carts look like I, an eight track, yeah, yeah, kind of like an eight track, and then there was a machine, usually sometimes on the wall where it was just a magnet and it would just erase the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You push things, a button, like a thirty second, uh, right, right. So you know what's wild to me is that you and I started this podcast in you know let's say right around a year ago but we didn't actually push anything out until last summer maybe july or whatever it's actually know, august yeah, yeah yeah something august right right well, this is episode what is this 56 56 okay so 56 actually it's it's probably more than that it's 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 close to like you know 70 something hours roughly it all exists and just about anyone could go to all of these podcasts and listen to all of it. I know, and right? All of the stuff that we've done in our life, anything that we have out in our life prior to this moment, particularly from that time period, from the '80s, people that have been on the air for years have a lot less than we have. Yes, you know, you know what I mean? Isn't that fucking wild? like? Think about it. It's, it's forever. Every photograph, like, it's this, this digital shit. It's there's such a a, a glut of it. I know. <laughs> it's it's kind of bizarre to me right like it it almost doesn't seem as important like and i'm not saying that we're not important like it's just like you go back and i can look at like i I probably have a box of um you know um vhs cassettes beta cassettes and mini dv cassettes right and it's it's not a lot but it's so much more than what my dad had when his my grandfather was shooting uh, eight millimeter eight, yeah. and super eight millimeter. Yeah, and you know because it would be like one like five minute film reel, unless my grandfather spliced it together, and I have a bunch of that stuff. Was the entire year? <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. It, like like the same thing with the roll of film. Like unless you were a photographer and you shot all the time, it, you used it like sort of sparingly. Yes, now, exactly. It's like they turn on the for like, you know, we're going to do this or get in front of the right. Christmas tree. Right. Jump up and down. And, and right, every year it's the same shot of the Christmas tree. It's like up and down the Christmas tree. It's the kids waving. It's the kids opening gifts. And then yeah. it's like, boom, they're on vacation in yeah. Hawaii. What? Huh? <laughs> so, so, but just watching that though, you knew it was over a period of time and I didn't even get that far. It was just like, fuck. Like, and I have this shit, and like even the stuff from like the mid '90s and and like early 2000s will feel dated to me. Not just because I'm younger; it's right. just yeah, I, uh, yeah. Well, the the hair thing. Uh, 
we were talking about if you would have uh, and i don't think i have I, I, I don't believe i have any even photos but um two years later like i said the grunge thing came along um i remember uh, getting <laughs> getting my hair all long all over was my goal i just wanted to have long hair all over i wanted to go you know i wanted to be dave Grohl or whatever did you do it yeah fuck yeah yeah i did let the awesome. hair, yeah let the hair grow long and um i'd had a longer uh previous to that but uh i, I remember at one point i could reach behind my you know with my hand behind my back and you know touch my hair which uh you know that's rocking some good hair. Yeah, I uh, I, I had um, you see I had long hair in in high school. I had that sort of feathered rocker mullet, not not a full on mullet, and I would blow dry that shit out. And then and then I, when I went to college, I kind of grew out this sort of bizarro mushroom bowl cut thing, and then like shaved it underneath. It was a very yeah, and now I just have it pretty much not all the same length, but all pretty much long, and I wear it up all the time. And I did something last night that I didn't know or think I would ever do. Uh, I, I I colored my beard. Really? Uh, just for men? Yeah. Red? <laughs> what color did you go? With? Just for men. I went. So uh, I went. So uh, so a friend of mine, uh, someone that I have not met in real life. She recommended just for men touch of gray. So she has a friend of hers, yeah, uh, a guy friend of hers who's roughly my age, maybe a, a couple of years younger, in his in his mid maybe around 43 44 and that and she said she's helped the guy do this and and it's uh she said it looks pretty good because it doesn't color the the gray out completely. It's sort of like you know, makes it salt and pepper and takes out the gray, but it's not, you know. So my beard, I'm 47 this year. In On the left side of my beard, it's almost all white, right? So not by the sideburns, not by the hair and the sideburns, but then it comes right down to the cheek, it's white. And then on the right side, there's a little bit of white. And then in the middle, the goatee and like the mustache, kind of blondish brown, lighter brown than my hair. I have like a medium dark brown hair. My beard, I decided I couldn't find this touch of gray shit. So I was like, all right, fuck it. I'll just get a box. It was $7.99. And I think it's like three to four applications, depending on the, the length of, of, and fullness of your beard. So I go in and I get, and I went to, yeah, I went to my favorite store. Bed Bath and Beyond. <laughs> I had a coupon. They have new coupons now, a $10 coupon for any purchase of $30 or more. Wow. So from $30 to $50, boom, $10. It's like 33% off if you spend like 30 bucks. So go in there and get this thing and I and I get this uh, uh, me, I'm like medium brown. And I, I sat on it for a day. I'm like, nah, I don't know. It's going to look stupid. But then I'm thinking to myself, who gives a fuck? If it looks stupid, I'll fucking shave my beard. <laughs> who cares? No one will even <laughs> see it. Uh, so I did it last night. You're supposed to do a skin test. You're supposed to do a, a see, make sure you're not like you don't break out. Right. And it's supposed to like apply it to your skin, and then wait 48 hours. I'm like, eh, fuck that, whatever, no big deal. I live in my ex-wife's pool house. I don't go on dates. I don't see anyone. No big deal. And oh, I do see clients. Probably. <laughs> Maybe I should have thought better of that. Be like, uh, so anyway, I, I did it. It it took um, it took like five minutes. To apply it, basically, it's like two tubes. You you put it in a little plastic container. You put on these plastic gloves, and then you mix it up with the one end of the brush, like the plastic end of the brush, the back end, and then you flip it and you put it on the brush and you just brush it through your beard. And then after that, you let it sit for five minutes, 
and you take a shower and you take a little shampoo and you and you you rub it through the beard and boom it doesn't look that bad i thought it was gonna look so you know what remember remember billy mays Billy Mays was the guy yeah, that the he, he was super the, dark beard. The, the infomercial guy? Yes. He had that super dark beard that looked like it was colored, where it almost looks like he's a Will Ferrell character on Saturday Night Live yeah. circa like 1990s. It's kind of like where, like John Travolta's regular hair looks now. Yeah, kind of like that, right? Where it looks yeah. like it's painted on. You're like, oh, what yeah. the fuck is that? Like he's like fucking Ronco with the spray. <laughs> like, like it doesn't look like that at all. Right. I, it's still a little bit disconcerting to me because I look in the mirror and go like, mm, what? Huh? Yeah. So, uh, but I don't it, feel like I look younger. Well, whatever. Does it come off in any, like, what What makes it, does it fade or? Do, I think well, it fades. It I fades. think it fades over time. Yeah, I, I think it lasts uh, anywhere from, I don't know, four weeks to three months, but I'm not sure. I have no idea. Um, it, it's whatever. So it's you, not that big a deal. Have you logged on to any of the, the the swipe left, swipe right places with the new look? Oh, the date, the date, the dating apps. Uh, no, no, I haven't. I haven't updated any photos. I don't think it would make a difference. I sent uh, I sent the photo to Irene, and uh, she didn't even notice. Okay. And uh, the one that lives the burlesque dancer that lives in um, New Orleans, and uh, yeah, she she didn't notice. I, I pointed it out to her, and she said, "What's ridiculous about that?" I'm like, "Because I'm a fucking grown ass man. I shouldn't be coloring my beard. It's stupid." <laughs> But it's I, I don't know how much of this product they sell, but uh, it's it's inexpensive. I it think like, it's fairly popular from what I've heard. I know really? Yeah, I don't know. I when I had my beard, you know and I do one not every winter, but uh, anyway, um, I have thought about it. I don't have a ton of gray, but anyway, it's uh, I don't know. I, I just couldn't I couldn't ever convince myself to pull the trigger. Mostly because once you get started on that kind of stuff, you can't stop. <laughs> I'm just I it's it, I don't know that I'll continue. I don't it doesn't make a difference to me. I mean, I, I'm cool with the white, like whatever it is. I mean I but it was uh I'm just glad I didn't break out in hives or anything. But, uh, you could have dyed it some uh, exotic color, purple or something would have been cool. <laughs> yeah Yeah next time. Next, Next time. time I will do that. Yeah, I don't know. I'm growing my hair out. That's what I do, and then I, I put it up. But uh, and, I, and I, I screwed up at work really bad yesterday. How'd that Terrible. go? I fucking the easiest fucking easiest trip ever. It was a local trip. Each ride was forty bucks. It was a husband and a wife. They had to be around eighty. I was driving the husband to a uh, a radiology place. He was getting a PET scan. Right, so uh, it's gonna take like two hours. I pick him up for one p.m. and uh, I show up at twelve forty-five. I like to show up fifteen minutes early to these, just in case. Right, give them peace of mind that I'm there. When they come out, I want to be there. And maybe it's like a fifteen-minute drive to the doctor's office. You know, maybe twenty. And uh, as I pull up, the husband and wife show up, and uh, and I, I'm like. Uh, I ask, uh, are you so and so? Yes. All right. Uh, I'm John. I'm your driver. Hi. How are you? He's like, I just got to go to my car for a minute. He goes to his car and he gets a water. I was like, No, I have water. But he takes his water anyway. He gets in the car. Very nice. Very nice. He uh, he reminded me of uh, Alan Arkin, right? Like an Alan Arkin character, the actor, okay. right? Very like very set his ways. Very confident. Very nice guy, but almost kind of intimidating, right? Even though he's probably got 35 years on me, he's got that like. 
he's friendly, he's nice, he's a good conversationalist, but he's somewhat intimidating, right? Like he gets to a point when you're at that age, you really don't give a fuck. Just you, you think know? he's he's like intimidating in the way like he would uh, chew your ass or beat you up. That, that, just he wouldn't beat me up, but I think that it, it just it, it to me it seemed like he could just like uh, just cut me down with his words or or just say okay. something or give me a look like at one point while I'm driving and I was having a conversation with him I would I would have the conversation while he was sitting behind the passenger seat right mm-hmm. so so I'm and the way the mirror is I can catch him in the right side of the rearview mirror so I would be looking at him in the rearview mirror but also looking at the road and I thought my driving was fine and every now and again i think i was turning around to talk to him like as i approached the light or whatever and he's like you know you don't have to look you know you don't have to turn around when we're talking i'm like okay and he had sunglasses on too so i think that was a little bit intimidating because you're not making eye contact you know and not that he would be rolling his eyes but so anyway so i i drive he and his wife to the place I pull up into the handicapped parking space because it's the closest one to the door. He's got no problem getting around. He seems pretty healthy, pretty active, right? He's like, so even when I got the door from him, he wasn't big on getting the, me getting the door, whatever. And he's like, I'm not handicapped yet. You know, like one of those shit. Like I was like, no, no, I wasn't suggesting that you were. I just wanted to be close. All right. So now we're, and then he's asking like, okay, so, and he's telling me all about the logistics of it. He's like, all right, well, I'm like 45 minutes early or half an hour early. The, the appointment's not until two, but they told me to be here at 145, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, it should take about two hours. You know, they got to shoot me with a die, blah, blah. Okay, all right, fine. I can't eat anything. I'm so hungry. But, and his wife's there. And she's like, okay, we'll call you. We'll make sure that, he, you know, they both have my phone number. I said, all right, that's great. And so they're like, do whatever you want. I said, well, I live just 10 minutes away. I'm going to go home and I'm going to edit some photos. And I go home and I don't hear anything from them. And now it's like 4 o'clock. And all of a sudden, I realize it's 4 o'clock. What the fuck? I dropped them off like two and a half hours ago. Right. What the fuck? My phone was on. I had Wi-Fi on. I had full bars with Sprint. Sprint data was on. Everything was on. I'm listening to Spotify. I'm like fucking editing photos. All of a sudden, I can't find my fucking keys. The, the one set of keys that I have to my boss's car, I left them in the house. Like I, like the camel. I snuck into the tent. I took over. And I, <laughs> It's like, fuck, my kids were home, and I made them something to eat. And fuck. All of a sudden, it hit me, and I'm like, oh, shit, I got to go. I get I get the keys. I, I, I get in the car, and I turn on the app that we use. And as I turn on the app, all of a sudden, it says a ride has been taken away from me. Oh. Now, I told them, here's my number. Just call me, blah, blah, blah. Anything. I said, and I didn't charge them for the first trip. I said, well, I'm picking you up, so I'll just charge you, you know, it was $40 each way. I'll just charge you $80 when I come back. The guy gave me $10, and he's like, this is for both ways. I'm like, that's great. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I get in the car. It disappears. I was like, what the fuck? They disappeared virtually, you know. I called my boss immediately. My boss went and picked them up. They oh, couldn't no. get in touch with me. My fucking Sprint cell phone did not work. I missed fucking two texts from my boss. I missed three phone calls, two from the client, one from my boss. And when I reacted to my boss as he had to get up, take one of his other cars, pick them up, they had to wait 40 fucking minutes. I lost my fucking mind. I seemed like a crazy person, like a fucking sociopath texting my boss. This has never happened before because it's so flaky. 
<laughs> so fucking angry. It was just technology, man. It was just fucking. Yeah. And I called Sprint. And now I'm fucking talking to like I talked to like four different people from the Philippines about this, and I was like, okay, okay, I get the the voicemail is full. I called Apple first. It's like this whole thing. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? It, I've never. I don't get a lot of phone calls. Mostly people text. You know. They're not phones. They're walkie-talkies. And it's, it's so anyway. Yeah. So I didn't lose my job. My boss was cool because I felt like I wanted to like apo- I wanted to personally apologize to the to the family. Like I wanted to like give the guy his ten dollars back. I told my boss credit them for that trip. Take it out of my pay. I don't give a fuck. Like I'm serious. I'm like I don't like it. Really, it was the one time this job stuck with me. I was so angry about it. Like I couldn't let it go for like a few hours. It fucking bothered me. It's still bothering me now that I'm talking about. It. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is our show. Let's let Mr. Big Voice take us out. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoyed Unbecoming of Age. Bonus content at unbecomingofage.com. Subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher. Find us on social media at Unbecoming of Age. And sometimes when we touch... Motherfuckers.